Welcome to the Toad House Bewitchery Podcast. This episode will be on graveyard work. We will leave our ancestors and ancestral work to the last two episodes. But I do hope you have had a chance to try out some ancestral veneration and are seeing some results from that. Graveyard work is a completely different type of work from ancestral. We are working with an energy of the dead, working with the energy of a cemetery, and working with spirits that are not related to us by blood or through um, any previous relationship. Not everyone is cut out for any type of work. We're all individuals. Not everyone, therefore, is cut out for graveyard work. This episode is here to provide a foundation of knowledge if you choose to go down this path, if you need to do graveyard work, if there's a necessity for it in your life. Um, If you're curious and you just want to know, I would like to set out a knowledgeable path for you to safely follow without a bunch of junk and garbled nonsense that floats around everywhere. I will be going through the steps that I personally take and I'll try to provide background information for why if I can remember it. I would like to start with the do nots because the do not is very important just from a perspective of our respect for our work and our respect for other people and other beings. So it's important to know this is not playtime. It is a uh, serious undertaking. We do not desecrate graves, cemetery structures. We do not steal. We don't remove flowers. We don't take anything from one grave and distribute it to another. We don't remove trinkets and objects. There are exceptions. If you've been doing this for a while, you, there might be a call out to you to do something with, with something that's found in the dirt, but you're not removing um objects from a grave, especially little toys and things left on children's 
headstones. We leave those things for them and we don't move them. We do not harm trees, plants. We do not paint on things. We do not dig holes. If you are needing to get dirt, you just need a small amount and you don't need to dig a hole in the ground to get it. And I, not even fist size, you just need a tiny bit of dirt. It should be as if you have never been there. When your work is complete, it shouldn't be noticeable. When you're working, it shouldn't be noticeable. We want to be respectful of the space. We want to be respectful of the spirits that choose to reside there or use it as their entrance exit portal. And we want to be respectful of the living. We don't want someone coming to visit a relative's grave and find petition papers, find small dolls, find charms, find, you know, whatever in that space or holes dug out from gouges in the ground where uh, earth was taken incorrectly that is hurtful to them and their feelings about the person that they have lost. And that should not be what we would like to cause as practitioners. In historical cemeteries, we want to honor the history of the cemetery and the historical space. Extra because the frequency of historical cemeteries being defaced and desecrated by people that feel that it's fun to do so. So walking a magical practice path means that we take responsibility and need to hold ourselves to a high standard. Okay. That was said, and I do feel it, it very much needed to be. So now that that is over, I'm going to go step by step through how uh, to go about graveyard work. And this is how I do it. There will be variations out there in the wild <laughs> and culturally, whatever magical practice you come up under, there will be some slight variations and there's geographically across the United States and I'm sure around the world, but here in the United States, there is geographically differences by area. So this is me. Reminder to you, safety first. If you have not begun um, to work with your ancestors, if you've not opened that door of communication with them, that is where you should start before doing any graveyard work. They're your first line of protection. Beyond that, I like to employ at least one protective measure. 
when doing any kind of work. For me, it is choosing a protective oil blend. And I will put some on the soles of my feet and the top of my head. Intuitively, I may feel that I want to do my heart center behind my ears, third eye, or possibly and wrist. This decision is made before I leave the house. To throw out other options, there are your protective charms. If you have protective charms that you wear, and I don't mean, oh yeah, I bought it from so-and-so, I bought it off of Amazon. I mean a protective charm that you have activated, you have done the work with to be an actual protective charm. If you have that, that can be your protective element. There is head coverings, scarves, hat, a hat of any kind that you could either do a drop of oil on or not, up to you. Covering your head is common to spirit work there as a form of protection and therefore graveyard work as well. Earrings, I've heard uh, a few people mention earrings before as a way to uh, ward things off. So those are some other options for you for having a, a protective element because you are going to be open and vulnerable to a certain extent as you feel your way through the cemetery. You will want to choose a good cemetery for you to work with. So if you aren't doing emergency work, you have time to visit various graveyards and feel them out. You would go without the intent of doing anything. You just head to the cemetery and wander. As you walk through aimlessly, see what you notice, I should say. Notice what you feel. Are you pulled in a certain direction? Is there an area you feel uncomfortable with? Do you hear whispers? Be open. Don't expect any of that. It is all possible though. If you do feel pulled a certain way, head that direction. See where it takes you. As you wander, take a moment to clear off headstones now and again removing grass clippings or leaves or dirt, depending on the age of the space that you are at. Some can be rather covered and can use quite a bit of cleaning. This is appreciated, appreciated and it helps you open up your ability to connect. and sense it it is it is a uh, 
intuitive grower for graveyard work and spirit work. These, the touching, the connecting and the doing for. So I highly encouraged, encouraged the kindness of brushing clean a, a tombstone, a headstone here and there. And you just spend your time doing these things, wandering through, and you want to try a few different cemeteries and see which you feel has the best energy for you. Some spaces will be rather dull um, and lifeless, not in the way that you want it to be. And others will be full of energy for you. Finding the right one can greatly enhance the effectiveness of any work you need to do there. And so once you've found a space, then we can go, go to the process of working in the space. For me, the beginning of any graveyard work begin, begins at the gate with the gatekeeper. In some spiritual beliefs, you will have the belief that the gatekeeper was the first person buried in the cemetery. Others give credit to other places and other entities. I don't have an opinion on it. And there are many. So go ahead and explore that idea yourself. But I do start at the gate. Doors, gates, mirrors, these are all uh, considered potential portals to other realms, entrances, barriers. When we're going into a cemetery, we are going into a space where life and afterlife continually commingle. And it is easiest to access afterlife in that space. So as you go through the gate, you are in a way going through the door to, you can think of it like the waiting room. You can think of it like a visitation space, but you are entering its own, your own kind of energetic space. And it is different from the space outside it and outside those cemetery fences or walls. It is a different energy. It is a different type of space. So with the gatekeeper, driving through, if I'm driving and you have to go up a long drive to park, I will slow down and state my business and ask my permission at that point. And then I will give offering when I do exit my vehicle. If I'm walking in, I will stop 
at the gate and state my business and ask permission of the gatekeeper and give my offering. Offerings for me at the gate are always coins and whiskey. It one or both of those things. And it's, you don't want to carry a big bottle of whiskey with you. You need to be reasonable and discreet. So you carry a small amount that can be poured into the earth. Some people leave little tiny bottles. I like to be more discreet than that. And I do pour it into the earth at the gate. And that is how I begin my work with the gatekeeper. Remember to be open to answers through all of this. So if the gatekeeper gives a sense of no, no means no, and you need to try your work another day or try at a different cemetery. Now, very commonly, people are going to do work in a graveyard either to get graveyard dirt or grave dirt. So graveyard dirt is not spirit or grave specific. It is cemetery graveyard dirt it is general. You are using it for endings, bring energy of the dead, being able to reach from your space directly into a cemetery space. There are other applications, but that, I think that is the most general that I can give. If you are wanting grave dirt, you are being spirit specific. You're entering into an arrangement, a type of relationship with that spirit for however long or short that may be. Most grave spirit work, you are asking for assistance in a particular spell work for something in your life. And then you are typically not continuing that relationship beyond that working. But some of us do choose or are chosen by a few spirits and we have longer term relationships with them. So there are two ways, but most common is your short term helper, not your long term helper. When retrieving graveyard dirt, it doesn't necessarily matter where you need to fill your way through it. Again, you don't need tons of dirt and you don't dig giant holes and you don't make a spectacle of yourself. Same thing applies for grave dirt from specific graves. In, in grabbing grave dirt, you will want to ask permission. 
You need to respect that answer. You need to provide payment. I always pay for grave dirt in coins. That dimes specifically, three more specifically. There have been a few times where I have stumbled into a graveyard while out and about and felt a particular uh, connection to a certain person and have paid with whatever I had on me or whatever coinage a friend had on her. So there are times when I have broken my three dime rule, but things always get paid for. To not appropriately, respectfully, and with payment deal with graveyard work is a wonderful way to give yourself many years of bad luck at best. So plan it out, make sure you have your things, know what you're doing ahead of time. I do have a couple uh, long-term spirits and I will have their dirt here in my home kept in wooden boxes, very small wooden treasure chest-like boxes that are labeled. Any uh, short-term work, I do not need to keep dirt around forever. I would take anything not used or not, um, not used in the spell work not used in whatever formulation I'm creating or not released into water or crossroads, I return that to the grave. If you have a specific situation that you are trying to resolve by using dirt, you may have already gone online and because we can do this now with cemetery registries you may have already gone on and looked for the type of person that you are need, wanting assistance from or maybe you have already walked the graveyard numerous times you've put a call out you know I'm looking for and you've checked it out later that is a wonderful thing about our ability to research now. You can say, I need somebody who has overcome hardship, or I need somebody who was a protector. I need somebody who was a doctor. And you can walk through, see where you're pulled, and you can search right there on your phone in the graveyard and see if you've found your match. Or you can look ahead of time and pick a number of names and ask permission. Would you like to work with me? I need this done. Would you like to, you know, work, work with me? I need this done. And find a person who had a profession or a life circumstance that would identify with what you're going through 
and might want to assist you in your work. And at other times, you may just put a general call out for assistance and see who responds and end up working with whatever spirit responds. Other things besides dirt that would occur in a graveyard is burying to end. You don't want to bury large objects because again, we are being respectful of the space. We can bury representations of objects. We can small pictures, petition papers, name papers, hair, you know, personal concerns and such, bits of fabric, small things, bury to end, transformation, or to hold. You can ask the dead to hold something for you. The assumption is if you ask the dead to hold something for you, you will eventually come back to retrieve it. And it, again, is representative. We're not trying to hide large objects within the cemetery. If at any point you are feeling incredibly uncomfortable, you're probably outside of your element and should reconsider the work you're doing at that moment. It's not, I don't think it's common for that occurrence to happen, but I did want to put that out there in case. Always listen to your intuition, and if you are feeling uncomfortable in a given situation anywhere, you should evaluate that and listen to it. When you are leaving, so you've completed whatever work you need to do, or collected whatever you need to collect, Be sure that you have thanked whoever is working with you and you of course have done the correct payments and otherwise. Some would say you do not look behind you when leaving the graveyard. I, I will um, most of the time until I hit the gate I have a personal rule of don't look behind you after or as I'm exiting the gate. At the gate, I am sure to thank the gatekeeper on my way out. I just consider this a sign of respect. I don't know if this is in any tradition or not, but if I am going to visit any person's home or the personal space or whatnot of any anyone living, I would thank them for their hospitality. I would thank them for their assistance. So I do the same for those that are not amongst the living anymore as a sign of respect. So I thank the gatekeeper on the way out and do not look behind me and drive on home. 
some people would say take always take a different route home from the graveyard after you do work that is up to you and your feeling the tradition varies on this but i wanted to put it out there in case that that rule calls to you others would say you must cross water on your way home there is the strongly held belief that spirits cannot cross over bodies of water. And this is lovely if you live in a space, an area that has a lot of water for you to be able to cross over. If you live in a desert, you're going to very much struggle to find a body of water to cross over. If you live in large chunks of California, many times of the year, you can go over a bridge and there's not a drop of water underneath. So this is what I will say. If you feel very uncomfortable for some reason, then you should drive out of your way to try to find some sort of water you can drive over or have already prepared some sort of cleansing that you could do before you enter your home if you know there is no water available. For me personally, the crossover water would only be needed to be executed if I felt a reason for that to be. Where I live now, water is very easy. There's lots of creeks and streams, and I can very easily cross over water. But and before, that was not really a possibility. Crossing over water is easier and therefore more common to my practice today than it was before I had moved. So take all that into account as you decide what fits you and your work and what makes sense for you and where you live. It is not as high risk to work with spirits and work in graveyards as many claim, but it is also not as low risk as some would like to believe. You need to know yourself. I consider there to be three categories of people. There are the necromancers, those that are naturally, uh, they have a necromancer calling. They are naturally more, I guess there's no way to put it. They are naturally more strong-willed. They are more pushy. They are harder to work on. They are not as influenceable and they are at the least risk. They are very capable, 
just naturally putting things in their place and pushing stuff away and out not being able to be pestered, bothered, or influenced by any trickster spirits or problematic entities. Mediums are in the middle. So developing mediums are more at risk than necromancers. They're more open. They allow things in more freely. Uh, They don't have as many blocks up. And so developing mediums, people who have a natural ability in in that way, are a bit more at risk of having some issues. And then your normal people and your intuitives are are actually probably at the most at risk of issues just not being aware enough to hightail it out early or go, or put something in its place because it's a problem. So just know yourself, know where you fall, and take your precautions and work with respect. Respect being a good foundation for all magical practice. You have respect for the work and you have respect for anything you might be working with. I hope that gave you a good idea of, you know, an outline, very broad outline of how to go about your work around your work in a graveyard. I'm not going to give out specific spells or otherwise they are, they get very detailed and specific to whatever you're doing. There's so many things that could be done. Some must be done in a graveyard and many could be done in a graveyard, but there's so much to go over. There's no point in trying to dive in there, but if you are going to do work, hopefully you now have an idea of the process from start to finish and that will get you through nice and clean and without any problems. Next week is an undecided topic, but I will keep it in line with October and so fall traditions or a different type of spirit work. We'll see what I come up with. Until next time, I wish you success in all that you do. If you have questions, feel free to message me on Instagram at toadhousebewitchery. Until next time, bye-bye.